Hey guys, and welcome back to Friends, Acquaintances, and Everybody Else, a millennial podcast hosted by two women of color set out to spark conversations of change on everything from careers, creativity, spirituality, love, and wellness. And while sometimes we may disagree, we at least hope to change a few minds about a couple of things. For this week's episode, we are having a special mental health episode, and we will be interviewing licensed psychiatrist, Dr. Zoe Paul. I'm Alexis, and I'm not into fall, even though it's still sunshiny down here in in Florida. Ah, you're not into it? Yeah, I just, it's not, you know... Ugh... Y'all, my name is Kadian, and I'm offended by Alexis not being into fall <laughs> because it's one of my favorite times of the year. <sighs> your own friends, I swear. It'd be your It'd own be the, friends. <laughs> the ones closest to you. God. Oh, but I'm really, really excited about our special guest, especially because, yeah. I mean, it is that time of the year where seasonal depression um, starts to pick up. It gets really high. Yes. So I think this also came at like, Perfect timing. Perfect. Perfect. I'm excited too. I can't wait for you guys to hear her and what she's all about. I'm glad that you found her. So thanks. I'm super excited I found her as well because I mean, as we know, as much as we love going to each other for help and advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes Sometimes, you needed a professional. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you need real help. (laughs) Like real ones. So we asked some pretty... I I think for me personally, they they were pretty hard questions because it's it's you know something I've been struggling with trying to like figure out with dealing with other people. So I'm super yeah. excited that uh, she got to answer these for us. Of course, me too. All right. So I guess without further ado, let's get into it. Yeah. All right. So first, Dr. Paul, can you introduce yourself and give us a little bit about your background? Sure, of course. My name is Dr. Zoe Paul. Um, I am currently a second year psychiatry resident physician at Mount Sinai Morningside and Mount Sinai West in Manhattan. Um, So that's like Midtown and Uptown on the West Side. I um, started school at City College in Harlem. Uh, It's a seven year med program. So I was there for five years and then I took a break in between my second and third year of medical school, and I got my master's in public health from mm-hmm. state. I focused in community health there, and then I finished medical school at Downstate in 2020. Yes. Um, and I've been working at uh, Mount Sinai ever since. So, yeah. And I have plans to go into probably like adolescent psychiatry or public psychiatry, where you focus more in like community health and access to mental health. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So our first question is how can you tell those around you that you are going through it? You know, with the holidays coming up, we want to make sure that we establish our boundaries and keep to it. Um, so how can we tell those around us without being too blunt or too aggressive maybe about it? Yeah, yeah that can be tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a couple steps. I think the first one is probably realizing that you're going through it um, and coming to that realization and then knowing who you can go to and mm. figuring out who do I trust, who is going to understand me, um, who is going to judge me or belittle me, any sort of thing like that. And like who I feel comfortable talking to um, and then sort of setting your expectations of that person. Right. So if I'm going through something, 
I know that me telling my friend is not going to fix everything. So I need to be like, okay, what do you, do I think this person can help me with? Um, and then kind of separating, like, what do I want to talk to them about? You can start it off pretty simple. You can be like, I've just been feeling overwhelmed. You don't really have to give specifics. It's really whatever you feel comfortable with. Uh, you can do just like, I've been feeling sad, lonely, frustrated, or I'm struggling with something. Um, and I think that's pretty much a simple way to start it off. Um, and then like listening to that other person, listening to how they respond and kind of just going from there it can be tricky. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciate the not necessarily having to give too much details because that's when it could get like really messy yeah. and overwhelming. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, so in that case, then like, what should you not say to someone else that might be going through it? Yeah. Um, I think my first thought every time I get asked that question is toxic positivity. You know, when those people Oof. were like, uh, no matter what, it's going to be fine. Like everything is okay. <laughs> like, that is like, like frustrating person to talk to when you're going through it because it kind of just like, yes. values everything that you're feeling. Um, mm-hmm. So someone's coming to you and most of the time if someone's telling me about something hard, I don't really know what to say, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Say that. You can just say like, hey, I don't really know how to help, but tell me how you think that I can help you. Mm. What do you think that I can do that can be helpful to you? Do you want me to text you or call you? Do you want to hang out? Like, what do you think can be helpful? You never want to be dismissive. You never want to diminish someone else's situation, even if you don't understand it. If someone's like, hey, I'm going through a relationship problem and you're like ill, like I can't <laughs> why you're stressing over the person, like whatever. Um, and you might not understand it. There's plenty mm-hmm. of understand something um but you never want to devalue it if it's something that could be like the littlest thing to you but if it's the biggest thing to someone else you want to just at least take your own opinions out of it because that person is there to trust you and tell you how they're feeling and so you never want to take that away from them you know yeah for sure you really never know like what others might value as like a major stress or like situation so that's that's very true Yeah. yeah it can be hard so, uh, so I don't know if you know, but Kadian is in New York and I'm here in Florida and we have another friend that's in California. So we're kind of all over the place. Um, um, and while, yes, a lot of us are virtual, um, there's still, you know, the, the need or want to be like hugged by someone or be near to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't, you know, times, times are different. So how are there, how can, like, what ways can you be there for someone when you can't like literally be there for someone. Yeah. Yeah. I think kind of starting off with like checking in with them. Um, you can do that with a text or a call, even just like a, how are you in the middle of the day that just lets someone know that you are thinking about them and that can be helpful even if you're not physically there. Um, I think like a lot of me and my friends were sending each other like cards or like something like a book or something like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you're going through it. So I send you this book on plants or like whatever it is or how to, yeah. um, and like, it's literally something small, which I think mm-hmm. can be really helpful. It also depends on your person's like love language. If someone's love language mm-hmm. is quality time, then maybe you two just need to like sit there and do the Netflix where you guys watch Netflix. At the same <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's like plenty of ways that we can like kind of think about it and where like you can kind of be there or even if you guys aren't watching it together, you can like 
we're both watching the same TV show. We could talk about it because I know everybody's mm-hmm. talking about good games now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many ways that you can kind of like be there when you're not there. And it doesn't mean that you have to always be talking about that one stressor, right? Mm-hmm. I'm distracted from it. Um, and so it's kind of just like letting that person know that, hey, I'm not physically here, but mm-hmm. I'm here. And just yeah. how I can help you. What can we do? We can work together. Have you watched the Squid Games? <laughs> Yeah, I have. <laughs> it was wild. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. Especially <laughs> from the first episode. You're kind of like trying to feel it out. You're like, okay. Yeah. Mm. I feel like I have to go back and give it a chance now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like it got better with every episode. I got like deeper into it. More okay. emotional. Character. It was wild. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I hope there's another season. I do too. There was some really great uh, plot twists that we weren't expecting. I love how they did a play on like nostalgia and like our childhood memories and then yeah. made them into like these deadly ass games. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's just something that like I feel like I would never think of like to create that TV show. It's so creative. Mm-hmm. I think it's crazy that he's been pitching it for 10 years and everyone was like, nope, yeah. nope. I know, right? And now it's such a big hit. So- it's like that sometimes. Yeah, you can't give up on your dreams. (laughs) (laughs) So this one is really, this question is really like tricky and also like personal to me. Um, And it's clearly we can't project and we can't like diagnose people, especially if we're not like you, a professional. Um, But like if you think someone is going through it to the point where you think they should probably seek like professional help. Mm-hmm. how do you encourage them to do that without possibly offending them or, you know, like being too intrusive? Probably your first step would be like to understand their viewpoint of professional help. Mm-hmm. Um, that especially being a part of minority community, there's a lot of distrust when it comes to professional help. And so mm-hmm. kind of understanding like where they're at, do they trust doctors? Do they want to talk to a therapist? Like that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. then get a grip on that. You can kind of go from there. If they're like, um, maybe I'd be interested in it, but I don't really have the time or I don't really care enough or they won't help me. You yeah. can, you can tell them your own stories. You can talk about them. Even if you're not personal stories, you can talk about another friend that you know that, oh, they had a therapist and it helped with this, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then you can look up resources for them. Um, there's so many different websites. Um, mm-hmm. I can actually send you guys a list that I have. Um, uh, where you can like just plug in your insurance and see what it's covered and looked at like mm. copay and all that stuff. And sometimes that can be really helpful for someone who's like kind of interested, but not interested enough to like look at all that research. Cause it could be a lot. Yeah. 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 It can really be a lot. Um, and then sometimes it's like, Hey, I have a therapist that I like, and I know that they cover my insurance. Maybe you can try it out. And mm-hmm. I think like, going with like an open mindset is probably the best way of saying like, Hey, if you're interested in this, this is something that I find helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to stick with it forever. It could be a one-time thing, like, mm-hmm. like a not pressure situation. Um, I think that a lot of us feel like if I am going to see a professional, then that means I'm going to be better tomorrow. Um, and <laughs> we're not. Um, a lot of that takes a lot of time and kind of just talking about that and say like why you think it could be helpful or anything like that I think that the way that you know that someone needs professional help um like there's a couple of different like signs that we look for Mm -hmm. um you are thinking that they are 
of danger to themselves or danger to someone else. Um, if you feel like they're not functioning like how they used to, they're not taking care of themselves or not doing well at work or at school or anything like that, that's probably when you should be thinking about this a little bit more. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think pretty much everyone could benefit from having a therapist anyway, even if you have nothing going on, but we pretty much always yes. have something going on. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think, yeah, starting from there. Okay. Mm. So I don't, I don't think we premised this at the beginning of the episode, but we kind of call it going through it because we don't know what the proper words are without offending or putting a negative connotation on it. So could mm -hmm. you share some other language around mental health yeah. issues? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that is a very good point. I think that we all kind of label it differently, especially based off of our backgrounds. I think that probably the word I hear most is like, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling sad. I can't handle mm -hmm. this. Like those sort of things. Um, and I think that it's really hard to put labels on things because sometimes you're feeling sad. Sometimes you're feeling anxious. Sometimes you're feeling like crazy in the head, overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's kind of this solace in not having to label it as anything. Um, I think that a lot of people, I mean, pe it goes either way. Some people find it helpful having like a diagnosis or having right. some sort of like, mm -hmm. like thing that they can say, I have depression, I have anxiety. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other people, which is probably most of my patients don't find that helpful. Mm -hmm. And you don't know have something labeled and I think that's like the thing with psychiatry and mental health that we feel like if I label it that might be easier um but sometimes you don't have to sometimes you can just be like you are just going through it and that could be it mm -hmm. um just say I'm having you can say I'm having a mental health issue you can say I'm having a moment you can say I'm having an episode you can say <laughs> whatever you want to label it as that's it it's your experience and so okay. it's like really like whatever you prefer to call it um I think that that's kind of what I've learned I think when I started off like becoming a doctor you're like more set on diagnosis and like oh I'm going to treat this with this mm -hmm. um, and I think there's actually it's way more helpful if you don't have like something strict because then it's like oh my depression's not getting better or oh my anxiety is getting better or worse and then you get like so fixated on like the names rather than how you're feeling and your emotions mm. that you don't want to distract from that sometimes it's just your emotions that we need to focus on I'm feeling emotional whatever it is I like that I like that a yeah. lot um I don't know if either of you two have ever watched the show or heard of the show called In Treatment no. So yeah. it, um, there's a couple uh, series of it. Uh, the last one, I think it had her thing. Her name is Uzo. She's a, like a black actress, but essentially it is a, I think a, and I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to help differentiate this for me. I think she's a psychologist or a therapist or psychiatrist or something. Um, and one of her patients in particular was misdiagnosed earlier on. And as she was treating him, she realized that you're, you're not this label at all. And then he's like, so then what am I? And she's like, I, I don't think you're any of these things. He's like, but then what am I? I need, like, he like mm -hmm. needed, he was so fixated on trying to have a label. He's like, cause at least if I have that, it's like tangible and I go work towards something. And she mm -hmm. was just, it was a really long season of her trying to explain, like, it's not always that simple. Um, so mm -hmm. I really like that. You say that sometimes it's just dealing with the emotions and what you're going through rather than being like fixated on that label. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think like getting focused more on like your emotions and symptoms kind of can just be more helpful because you're like, well, today I felt less sad. It doesn't mean like, am I not depressed anymore? Am I not anxious <laughs> anymore? Probably not, but today I feel less sad. And then you can like go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that can be more helpful. Also, you were saying mentioning like psychologists versus therapists. Yeah. Could you please help uh, <laughs> differentiate that? Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Um, so starting with a therapist, mm-hmm. a therapist can pretty much be anyone with um, like a license in therapy. It can be like a licensed social worker. It can be really like, like a psychology, um, like if you like majored in psychology mm-hmm. in college, Um, being a psychologist means that you have a PhD in psychology. And so you're like more specialized in therapy and how to talk to patients and how to, there's so many different types of therapy, which Mm -hmm. one day, um, Mm -hmm. you're like talking more, you're kind of like more well-educated on how to help people cope, um, Mm. like more complicated sort of disorders or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and then psychiatrists is you can do therapy as well. Um, but psychiatrists, we have a medical degree. So we have like all the doctor knowledge and we yeah. are the only ones who prescribe medications. Um, mm, okay. So if you want medications, you have to see a psychiatrist, uh, because we know like kind of the background of like what medications do your body. And if you have other health problems, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, you can also get medication from your primary care doctor. If you feel comfortable talking to them about your depression, or anxiety or panic attacks or anything like that. If it's something more complicated, like if you're having psychotic symptoms or you're mm-hmm. seeing things, having hallucinations, you probably need to see a psychiatrist. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That helps a lot. And you're right. There are so many different forms of therapy. Uh, one of the yeah. things that used to overwhelm me for a very long time and made me hold off on therapy for a very long time is because I got overwhelmed with the research. And then they were like, what kind of therapy do you think you need? I was like, I don't know. That's why I'm coming to you. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know that there was necessarily a difference between therapist and like psychologist. I thought it was like just different names, mm. but yeah, yeah, the background teaching is different because like therapists do more talk therapy where like you're venting to me, you're telling me your problems, I'm helping you work through them, we can talk about your problems, and like therapy, um, like psychologists do more of okay, these are your problems. This is how we're going to think about it. This is how we're going to create coping mechanisms for it. And so it's like a little bit more, you know, focused or organized or stuff like that, but Mm -hmm. it really just kind of depends. Yeah. We're definitely going to have to have like a whole episode of going into the different kinds. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh Okay. So our last question was about encouraging someone to seek help. Um, is there anything that we can do if someone refuses to get help? So I would split this up into two things. Do you think that this is a person who is at risk to mm-hmm. themselves, to other people, not taking care of themselves, kind of like I was manage- talking about before? If you think that they are of risk to themselves, you have quite a lot of options. I know New York City options more because that's <laughs> where I live. Um, but um So like here in New York City, we have NYC Well, you can call mobile crisis team. I'm sure in other states, if you were to just Google mobile crisis team, um, they are specialized mental health crises and they'll come to your house within two hours of you calling or their house and check on them and see Mm -hmm. how they're doing. Um, And they 
from there. That's kind of like an emergent mm-hmm. way. I mean, of course, if that doesn't work or you're thinking like this person is actively going to hurt themselves, then you call 911. Um, but I think that mobile crisis team are more specialized in mental health issues okay. to help. Um, if you think that they need help, but they are not a risk to themselves, um, I mean, that can be tricky, right? So it's kind of just you being understanding, but also being purposeful in what you're doing. So you want to continue to support them. You don't want to judge them. You don't want to put pressure on them because it's really hard to reach a point where you're like, okay, I'll see a therapist. Okay. I'll see a doctor. That's really Mm -hmm. hard. Um, just kind of reminding them in a kind way that there's options, right? Because you want to make sure that the person who you're talking to is having autonomy over their own body. You want to make sure that they are making their own decision because they want what's best for themselves. You just also want them to know that you are there for them Mm -hmm. in whatever decision that they end up making. Um, And that can be hard because you can see people going through it and you're just like, I really want to help you. And I know that this can be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, But in one way, it's kind of like if you just see someone in a bad relationship or you see someone who's addicted to something Mm -hmm. you can't force their hand to push them into anything Mm -hmm. Um, and so like I was saying before you can send them resources you can send them frequently you can send Mm -hmm. them access to numbers there's like so many different like hotlines you can call or even crisis text line you can text which is 731731 that's nationwide um just texting um and you can just like say hey this is a person on the other side of this it's not a robot you can just text them Mm -hmm. and tell them how you're and that'll help um and so those are like more emergent short-term things that i think can help Mm -hmm. um and then long-term wise just like sending resources and that sort of thing that number was 7171 731731. Oh, 731731. Okay. Yeah. And for the text line. Okay. And you can always call 311 for NYC Well. Mm -hmm. Um, NYC Well is how you get to the mobile crisis team. Okay. And there's like a couple of different, actually, there's numerous mobile crisis teams in New York City that cover different areas. So they know Mm -hmm. neighborhoods and they'll be there within two hours. That's really dope. Thank you for, for sharing that. I did not know that was like the national number um, in case yeah. of anything or that you could just like text it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think not a lot of people know about crisis text line. It's actually extremely helpful. It's free. It's 24 seven and you don't really have to do a call if you're like, I don't know. I think we're all really comfortable with texting nowadays. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, you don't have to like talk to someone on the phone. And so you could just text. I really okay. If you awesome. don't mind me asking, um, what made you want to get into this particular, I guess, profession or career? Because you seem pretty positive about it. And yeah. I know like you're dealing with a bunch of other people's stresses and helping them cope with that. So I think that could be quite stressful as a job, but you just seem like, yeah, I love this. And if you need this, and this is what you could do. Like what made you get into this? Yeah, that is such a good question. Um, so back when I was at Sophie Davis, I was overwhelmed all the time. It's like an accelerated program. And I was so unable unable to, um, kind of feel my emotions. And I just felt disconnected all the time. And I was Mm. like, why am I, I'm doing things, I'm working, I'm, I'm so disconnected. And I was so disconnected that I had to take time off from medical school because I was so overwhelmed that I just Mm. was feeling all of the emotions at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I took that year off from medical school and I got my master's in public health, I learned 
a lot more about communities and how health, physical health, mental health leads to like community outcomes and like health outcomes, mental health outcomes or in different communities, this is their different mental health problems. Um, and then I had a class on mental health policy and like, it was just so bizarre that like someone writes a rule and then it like happens in real life. If you're having a, this is what happens. And I was like, what is this? Um, and then when I restarted medical school, I realized that not everyone can be a psychiatrist. Um, it takes a certain type of person with a lot of patience and you, you have to be like non-judgmental. You hear like the wildest stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you also have to have like an, a certain amount of emotional resilience to deal yes. with someone else's problems, just your own. Because mm-hmm. I can't, my life has definitely been overwhelming. <laughs> it's always overwhelming in my own personal mm-hmm. life. And I felt like, me being able to have that experience plus looking like how I look being black there's very little black psychiatrists especially black women psychiatrists I don't know many off the top of my head Mm -hmm. um being able to have that privilege to be able to talk to people who look like me and understand them on a different level I think really helps um and then learning more about psychiatry I mean I'm sure we all know like the history of psychiatry has been horrible Mm -hmm. um where they lock people up and just like drug people up and that sort of thing. And I think like, and it's honestly like there's still biases, racial bias in psychiatry, very much so. I see it happen all the time. Um, and so I think I just knew that it was a field that I could go into and really help in um, and add to rather than like just being someone who prescribes medicines. I wanted to actively help people in their life and like do more than just prescribe things. I wanted to talk more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think psychiatry is a great place that is constantly growing. There's new medications happening. There's new therapies happening um, and more like resources and mental health is kind of being more known about now. Mm-hmm. So we're getting more, you know, like more people know about mental health. And so you're getting more understanding of mental health. And I think that it's like a very good time to be on this field because you're getting more resources and you can actually help people. Um, and I wanted to be able to be part of like that change to actually help. And I would be frightened if I told you that this was not hard. It is definitely hard. <laughs> you have like so much of an emotional toll mm-hmm. of hearing different things and you're seeing very sick people all the time. Um, but I think having your own crew helps. Mm. Um, people in your own um, corner, having your own psychiatrist, your own therapist. I have all of those. Um, I'm very open about it. Um, I was going to ask that. I was like, is it me or like at least in the shows that I see almost every time there was a psychiatrist therapist or therapist or whatever they yeah. always also had their own they're like yeah okay, so these patients and <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah yeah I'd say most of my my coworkers have therapists but that's because we want to prioritize our mental health in order to take care of others because if I'm under the weather and I'm very overwhelmed I can't sit here and tell you how to take care of yourself because I'm not doing it for myself that just doesn't make sense Um, And so you have to kind of like the whole like oxygen on a plane thing. I have to be able to take care of myself before I can take care of someone else. And that's Mm. really important for me to make sure that I'm okay um, first, because also it gives you like a next level of understanding. If you have a patient that's coming to talk to you about something and you're like, Hey, I have been there. I feel that (laughs) I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very different than if you're just looking at it from the outside. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. Very different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
I think that's also why there you I felt a difference when like um my first like introduction like meetings for different therapists as I was like looking for them uh it felt different when I was explaining things depending on their demographic and their background as well mm-hmm. um I understand like you guys have to keep a certain like composure um when you mm-hmm. guys are in these sessions but sometimes it literally looked like there was a disconnect <laughs> yeah when you would like explain things it's like Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do you do you get what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. They don't. Yeah. yeah. My favorite was like, there's not a lot of facial expression, but the eyes could like. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I like why I want to go into child and adolescence because I think they talk about so many things. They're talking about TikTok. They're talking about like different <laughs> terms that yeah. were using. and like I get that. I know what they're talking about. I don't have to be like, oh, hey, what's a TikTok? Or like, <laughs> what is this slang term? Like, I already understand. And so you're starting off at a different level when you're understanding someone where they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it's you're always learning more. Um, mm-hmm. You know everything, but I think it's just really helpful when you start off at a different place. Amazing. Absolutely. I think that's all of our questions. Yeah, that's all I have for now. I don't want to like bombard you with any more. <laughs> this is all answers. Always. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you having me here very much. Of so. course. Seriously, because um, it's also extremely rare. And I love that you are also a Black woman, which is why. Yeah. Shout out to Akila. Thank you so much for this <laughs> referral. Because <laughs> I was pretty like particular with it. I was like, we want someone. But like, it would be great if it could be a minority, possibly woman. If you know yeah. any, I know it's not easy to find them. I know it's not. Yeah. 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 It's definitely very hard. Very hard. Well, do you have contact information yes. that you would like to share? Yeah, sure. I mean, everyone can look at my Instagram. It's Zoe Selina, M-D, Z-O-E-C-E-L-I-N-A-M-D on Instagram and Twitter. If anyone wants to find me there. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking your time out to do this. We really do appreciate you. And yeah, so much. We might have to bring you back just to break down all the different types of therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.